Hey everyone, and welcome to Zooming into Agricultural Education with J.P. Prescott. Now, technical difficulties were rampant in my process of recording these podcasts, so the audio was taken from a Zoom call, something we've all become rather familiar with recently. Any audio issues can be attributed to a Zoom connection and my lack of knowledge on how to work even the simplest of computers. Thank you to everyone for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast with J.P. Prescott. Today, we have the absolute honor of having with us Miss Leanne John. She is the agricultural educator at Zephyr Hills High School, located in Zephyr Hills, Florida. So, Miss John, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me today. Um, I really look forward to this and getting to know you over this past year. So I actually grew up in Dade City, Florida. It is exactly nine miles from Zephyr Hills, Florida. And um, it's actually known as the nine mile war between Dade City and Zephyr Hills. Graduating from Pasco High School, which was in Dade City, we're going to Zephyr Hills is quite interesting now when we have all that. But um, I was born into a ranching family um, and grew up in both 4-H and FFA. Um, married my husband, who I met through the Florida High School Rodeo Association in Wachula, Florida. And then um, we have two boys. I have a 14-year-old son um, named Austin, a 12-year-old son named Ethan. Both of them love um, agriculture very much. One of them is very into cattle and the other one is into pigs. So our weekends are pretty much divided between pig shows and cow shows. And my husband also grew up with the ranching family and um, was very involved in both 4-H and FFA growing up as well. Yeah, that's very awesome. I know that um, we had the privilege of getting to meet when I did a chapter program at Zephyr Hills High School and then just seeing each other at the state fair and different events has always been kind of fun and random because we always have something weird to say to each other. Yeah, especially, you know, think about State Fair when you were out there wrangling the calf that got away in the arena. We're cheering you on. And then the random, um, who would have thought when we sent you away from our chapter meeting that day that we sent you off with all those little bitty bottles of hand sanitizer that yes. you would be using all that. Very <laughs> much needed. I still use it because it has a cool <laughs> keychain ring. So I've just been refilling it and putting it back on my keyring. There you go. So very useful. <laughs> So I know you talked a little bit about um, teaching in Zephyr Hills, Florida, and you are the agricultural educator there. So can you tell me a little bit about what influenced you to become an ag teacher? So I have a really crazy story with that. Um, and it's one that kind of teaches you not to give up on your dream. So when I was in high school, like I said, um, I went to Pasco High School, very involved with Mr. Dillard, Mr. Lane, and Miss Ellis. I did everything from livestock judging, um, parliamentary procedure, um, pretty much any, any contest that we were able to do, um, even forestry judging, and had a great time and had three teachers just at the high school that were very motivated and kept us going and kept us busy um, working with different things. And then I had a middle school um, FFA advisor, Ms. Freilich, that was pretty awesome too, who really sparked my interest in FFA once we were in middle school. Um, but so I, I learned so much from all of them and each one of them had a special section that they cared a lot about and their passion was very, um, they, that showed through with everything that they did. So 
when I was in high school, I always laughed, you know, when I got to my senior years, I was going to be decided I was going to be an ag teacher. I went to the community college and I met with my advisor for the first time. And, um, she talked me, actually talked me out of being an ag teacher and her exact words were kind of, it's kind of something that's not going to be around. And then I was like, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, okay. And then I was looking and I was thinking of the different things. Well, you know, there aren't a lot of ag teachers that once they're in that position, they don't really leave. They're kind of there. So she talked me out of it. And I actually went to school for elementary education and I taught, um, I've taught kindergarten. I've taught first, third, fifth, and I was a science coach before I finally took my leap of faith and um, found a position that was open in our area and went and applied and got the job as an ag teacher. So never giving up on my dreams. And in the meantime, um, when I couldn't be an agriculture teacher, I um, continued to be a 4-H leader, which I am still am to this day, and was able to continue my passion for ag and teaching younger kids about animals and everything else. So that's how... I did that for 14 years before my dream of becoming an agriculture science teacher finally came true. That's so cool. I like how um, you started out wanting to be an ag teacher and then you got talked out of it, but then full circle, 14 years later, here you are. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy because she was like, people don't leave those positions. You're not going to find a job. And I kept thinking, yes, they do. Yes, they do. And then uh, it was really true because um, I took over um, the ag advisor job from um, an agri-science teacher, teacher position for Mr. Rob Brown, who had been at, at Zephyr Hills High School when I was in school and high school. So it was kind of crazy to see that, you know, our teams used to compete against his teams at sub-district. And we always had that little nine-mile war. Um, we were rivals in football and everything. So it was just kind of funny to see, like, oh, wow, like he's still, he was still there teaching. And, you know, he taught until retirement at Zephyr Hill. So it's kind of cool to see that. So at one point she was right that nobody ever leaves their positions. But then, um, you know, but the fact that agriculture is, you know, a dying breed is not the, not the case. Exactly. And our, our FFA and our agricultural education is expanding in Florida quite a bit. So we always have new schools that are getting programs and we always have new FFA chapters that need someone to lead them. So it's definitely mm -hmm. an opportunity for people to be ag teachers now. It's kind of cool. Absolutely. So my chapter program at Zephyr Hills was definitely one of my favorites. It was also one of the most interesting <laughs> that I've had. Um, if I could put the picture of me sitting on the large, I think it was either plastic or <laughs> glass dairy cow, um, I definitely would. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was super, super fun. So I know like the thing about Area 5, which I'm also from Area 5, is that there are several parts of Area 5 that are very rural, but it's also in close proximity to Tampa. So a lot of things are always in relation to Tampa. Um, is there something about teaching at Zephyr Hills that makes your teaching experience unique, whether it's like location, the age groups, or the demographics? Like, is there something about Zephyr Hills that is unique to you? So, you know, growing up so close to Zephyr Hills and being near Zephyr Hills um, and having that same group of friends because of the FFA, um, it's really funny to see it, to see how much it has changed. 
even Dade City and like our local areas. You know, Zephyr Hills is known for um, their bottled water. And we laugh every time we go to state convention, the kids, they'll see the back of our jackets to say Zephyr Hills. And so the kids from the other area last year, the joke was, look, they're water farmers. So my kids always laugh like, yeah, we're water farmers. Ha ha ha. You know, they laugh. They, but that's what we're known for. You see the Zephyr Hills, you see the bottled water and it goes from there. But one of the most unique things um, is that one of the largest dairies used to be right there in Zephyr Hills where our Publix is. Right across from Walmart was Gore's Dairy. Gore's Dairy was huge. Um, actually, one of our teachers um, at the high school is Mr. Gore's daughter. So she talks about, you know, growing up at the dairy and stuff like that. But what I remember about the dairy is actually going during the summers we would go and we would pay, um, pay, take our money and we would go and buy a bottle calf. So every summer, my brothers and sisters and I would raise a bottle calf that we would get at the start of the summer. It was one thing to keep us busy during the summer and we had a bottle calf to take from there. So when you look now and you see everything and I tell my classes about, hey, you know, Gore's Dairy used to be right here. And they just kind of laugh at you and like, right there, like where Publix is? I'm like, yes, like right where Publix is. When you're grocery shopping, <laughs> there used to be a dairy here. We also used to have um, very large ranches that were right in the area that now 56 comes through. And then we have an airport. Like everything is right there. You have an airport, then you have the, all the golf courses, and we're a big retirement community. So sometimes um, when the kids come into the ag program, they understand why we have an ag program. They don't understand the importance behind ag and they don't understand anything like that. So it's funny that you have the kids from the outside areas um, that really do have a little bit of agriculture. And then you have right a little bit in the city where you don't have, they don't understand why do I have to take an ag class? This is so stupid. And then once they get in there and they figure out why, we always like to go with, um, I asked them, I'm like, do you eat? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, do you wear clothes? Yeah. And they're looking at you crazy. Like, what does this have to do with anything? And then you're explaining like, there you go. Like that's agriculture. And then they're like, oh, so then it takes a little while to click and it goes from there. But I think that's the one thing that makes us so unique is with the encroachment, with that urban sprawl, with everything coming in and taking our land, it just makes it a little bit different. And then not knowing what was once there. I think that's what makes it unique, unique where we are. Yeah, for sure. I actually, I love um, driving through Pasco County because I actually only live, or in Plant City, I only live about maybe 15 minutes from the Pasco County border. And so we'd always end up driving mm -hmm. through Pasco to get to Gainesville because we always take kind of a back way to get because uh, we like it better and Pasco County has such a rich agricultural history and it, even now it's still very agricultural like beautiful land like I just I love driving through it so much. It's just it's so sad when you see all the development like it's like slowly creeps up and you see everything it's sad um what if you knew what was there like before yeah but you understand so. yeah. understand it but <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, that's always, that's always sad. It's kind of, it's probably the biggest thing that we talk about, especially in the rural communities is how like eventually something always comes up and it's always, it's always pretty sad to see that happen, but you have what was right. there. It's, 
as long as you have teachers like you that will preserve the history and kind of explain like what was here, why we have this, it's always cool to see how FFA chapters and ag education evolves when that happens. Yes. So we talked a little bit about what makes Zephyr Hills a little bit of a unique situation and you do have a lot of students in your ag program and I got to meet plenty of them. They were all super cool, very passionate. Um, so mm -hmm. what advice would you have for any young person in the FFA? I think, and this is really crazy, is that we're still, FFA still has that mentality that the kids come in and I don't under, and I don't know why, um, but the FFA is just kids that play with cows or they play with tractors. And that's where I'm like with, when my freshmen come in, the ones that are placed in the agri-science classes coming in, that's what they, that's what they get. Oh, I'm in here with these kids that play with cows and they play with chickens and then they drive their tractors. But once we get them in there and we show them all the different things that are available to them and show them how far out FFA is besides just playing with the cows, just playing with the pigs and the tractors that there's so much more to offer. Um, actually, one of my classes is a drones class um, where we teach drones in the, um, through Embry-Riddle. So it's kind of like a different piece, but you know, looking at how the drones help agriculture and that precision ag. So that's one thing that draws in a different group of kids. But I think once we get them past the, the part of FFA is just not farm kids. There's so many things you can do and the contests you can do and the different ways that you, you can build it up and how they can um, improve themselves through the contest, the LDEs and the CDEs and the SAEs. I think it makes for a much more rounder student. So the best advice I give all of my freshmen is FFA is what you make of it. If you decide that all you want to do is show a pig at the fair, then by goodness, that's all you're going to do is show a pig at the fair. But if you want to take it to the next level, let me help you get there. This is, this is the route we can look at. These are the things that we can do. And that's what we've, I've slowly been building up with the chapter over the last three years is how much further FFA can take you besides that show ring and places like that. Yeah, absolutely. I know, um, when I think Absolutely. about, oh, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Are you getting that? <laughs> okay, I think it's good. I just heard yours. <laughs> Why am I talking twice for some reason? I'm okay. not hearing it on this end. Okay, I think I got it. For some reason, I was hearing feedback of my own voice, but that's just the struggle you have when you have to record something. So we're just going to keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> whenever I joined FFA obviously I didn't really know what all it had in store for me and I came from a very loosely agricultural background uh, my family raised trees but that's really not what you normally think of when you think of agriculture and right I sort of became a different person when I look at myself now versus what I what I was in seventh grade I never thought that I would be someone in the show ring that was trying to move beef cows during the beef show or trying to capture a calf or a zebu that had escaped <laughs> and started running around the ring. Like that was not going to be me, but look at me now. That's what I did at the state fair. So <laughs> now you were like chasing that one down and we were cheering you on. It's, it was great. It's so cool. But to you know, even, how far. 
how far you've come. Well, just like that day that you were at school and we were talking about the chapter, um, um, how, what your school did and what are the things you were involved in with FFA? I had kids going, wow, like he doesn't show any animals, but he does this and this. So they've picked up stuff and they've started like looking at um, the different things for the agri-science fair that they're doing. So you expanded their knowledge with all of that as well. So that that's one more person talking. It's that they're learning about different parts of the FFA, which is really cool. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the FFA is that it's a great place for kids that show animals and a great place for kids that came from agriculture, but it's also a great place for people that didn't and people that while they still support the kids that show agri that show animals, there's other options if maybe that's not what you grew up around or maybe that's not what you're used to or good at. So I just, I just think it's a really cool program for every student to be in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that we talked a little bit about this earlier, um, but do you have any advice for anyone that may choose to be an ag teacher, myself included, because I'm in need of advice all the time? I know that was exciting that you told me right before this that you think that that's where the route you're going to take is to become an agri-science teacher. So my best advice to anybody that wants to be an agri-science teacher is there's a lot of it <laughs> and take it for what you want is be prepared to work long hours. Be prepared um, to watch kids expand, watch them grow as a person. But then at the same time, you have to stop and remember that when they don't follow through with something that you thought they should follow through with, that it's okay that they're still kids and to help guide them and make it the best that they can be. But the number one thing is don't forget about your personal family. Don't let your job overtake your personal family. Because we do spend a lot of hours working with um, our high school kids, our middle school kids, um, working with them, helping them with their projects, but you can't forget about your family at home and making sure that you have equal time for them and being able to turn that phone off when you get home and not answer all of their millions of questions while you're at home. That's, that would be really, my best advice. That's really funny that you say that because I definitely remember like texting my advisor just over and over again when I had any questions about anything and like I understand yeah. when like they don't respond because it's like they're done with school for the day. Like I may be back on school, but maybe they're spending time with their family. You just got to realize that. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny is because, um, you know, my son is going into high school next year and he's coming with to the high school with us and he laughs. He goes, uh, such and such wants to know if, and I was like, uh, tell them I didn't answer them for a reason. Talk to them in the morning. <laughs> And he just, they just kind of laugh. I was like, you cannot use my children against me. <laughs> so, but they're really cool. And sometimes we're so used to like responding to them and wanting to help them and answer those questions that we do have to um, keep, keep that in mind that we have to be with our own families as well. That's, that's definitely good advice. I've heard so much advice from ag teachers and like, I don't know, it's just really cool to see people that have done it and like what they have to say about it because it's probably the most or one of the most diverse professions you can take on as a person. 
I didn't really, I mean, I knew that I was going to be like a busy person and I was going to be doing all this stuff and, you know, working and trying to work all these, you know, practicing for this or practicing for that, um, for your CDEs and stuff. And so one of the things that I, like my first year, I wanted to jump in like with everything, like we're just going to jump in, we're going to do it all. And then like the second year, it's like, take a step back. Let's pick one or two things on, let's master those. And then let's start adding to our plate because if not, it gets to be way too much. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I definitely need to make sure that when I start, I'm not going to jump in too hard at the very beginning. Cause I feel like that's something that I would end up doing. <laughs> yeah. And make sure you are not afraid to reach out and ask for help because that's one of that's one of the things I had a great um, mentor group to be able to pull. Miss um, Farquhar from Wesley Chapel, I call her all the time. Yes. And I'm like, hey, what about this or what about that? Make sure you have someone that's on, on your side and that can help you out. And um, make sure that your school understands everything that you do as well and that you have their buy-in to the program. For sure. I know like I always think about how I'm good at some stuff, but like I will be calling ag teachers for different things because when it comes, like if, when I have that student, heaven forbid that day that comes up to me and wants to do livestock judging, I am going to need some assistance for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you go to the camps and you learn with the kids. It's yes. a lot of fun, but I think like part of the, one of the best parts about being an advisor is watching those moments when um, the kids achieve a goal and they've they've mastered something or we'd go and um we have that person like our joke we have a lot of little jokes that we go but we like call it our adventures like when our team makes it um last year when our not this year but the year before when our livestock judging team made it to state um we had an adventure and i told all the parents you can meet us up there but i'm taking the kids and we're going to have fun so we left school like right after um, after the bell rang and we drove up to Gainesville and we made all these little stops and we went to dinner as a team and we had a blast and the parents met us for dinner and we had our own inside jokes going on. So we were all laughing and the parents were just kind of looking at us like we were crazy, but the kids, they don't talk about being in the ring judging. They talk about the memories that we made on the way there and the things that we did and how much fun we had. So I think that's like some of the best, the best of all of it is, you know, having your nicknames and having all the, the crazy fun adventures that makes FFA even better. Yeah, that's, that's probably what I'm most excited about um, coming into the future. And just, I don't know, it was a long decision to come to wanting to be an ag teacher, but I, I think that is where I'm going to go because every single thing I do kind of reaffirms that. Yeah. And just think of the knowledge that you already have. That's what's awesome. You know, being a state officer and the different areas that you pull from. Because you were big into the agri-science area and places like that. So you'll be great with all those things. Yeah, it's just to get all the knowledge. Yeah. From the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> so <laughs> with all of that being said, um, this has been a great interview, but I do have one more question and it's obviously more open-ended, but is there anything else that you'd like to say to any of those listening? So those could be FFA members, advisors, parents, is there anything else that you would like to say before the interview's over? 
oh, there's so much to say, um, but to make it meaningful. So one of the things that as an advisor, I want my kids, my future kids, or anyone else's kids to know, we're here for you. We're here to support you. We're here to answer questions, not only about FFA, but to be your support in life. I have a lot of my kids that come and ask like, hey, I need this or I need that. Can, can you, I just need somebody to talk to. Not only are we your teacher, your advisor, but we're also someone that you can come to. The next thing that I want you to know is the same thing that I tell all of my kids. When we go into a contest, we're gonna control what we can control. And when I say we're gonna control what we can control and win what we can win, that's what we have put into the project. If you've put in 110% in winning showmanship, I'm here for you. That's what we can control. If it's winning record book, that's what we can control. Let's win it. Let's be the best that we can be. And then being there to support you no matter what. When your goals are achieved, I'm going to dance with you. I'm going to sing with you. If your goal is not met and we're bummed, but we did our best, I'll be there to wipe your tears and I might even shed some tears with you. But I think the most important thing that everyone needs to understand that that these are just high school students or even middle school students. And it's our job to encourage them, to push them beyond their limits. So as parents to stand behind these the kids as well, as well as our administration and everybody else. But as long as we have that community support and the kids know that we're behind their backs, that they can be the best that they can be. Yes, very true. Really, I loved all of that. Um, so I would like to say thank you again for being on this interview. It was super awesome. And I really appreciate that you agreed to this because I just was really interested to hear what you had to say about all these questions. No problem. It was fun hanging out with you and chatting with you today. And I so wish we could be at state convention and hanging out with you and getting to see everything, but can't wait to watch the virtual one.